If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that every Tuesday in the 9.30 spot, a little late today, that's on me. I was goofing around with Halloween stuff. I'm not in costume. Although I do, I was telling my guest, Dan Schaefer, political columnist, host of the Recombobulation area, that I, I'm dressed as the most interesting person in the world. And yes, my wife would slap me upside the head if I said that out loud at home. <laughs> but that's a joke. It's a joke, because I'm clearly not the most interesting person in the world. Although, no, just kidding. And you're not dressed up either. I'm not dressed up either, no. I have two young kids, and I, I dress up with them, uh, as I did over the weekend for Trick or Treat. What was your costume that. when you were dressed up with them? Uh, my daughter's favorite movie is this Disney movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she talked us into all, she, well, requested several you were thousand a times. I was not the dragon. My wife was the dragon. I was the, the Raya's dad. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm my daughter's dad. Well, as I, I dress up as her dad every day. Yeah, so, you're you typecast know. in that role, and you may not be able to emerge from that. That's okay. I'm good with it. I All love right. that role. It's fun. It's fun trick-or-treating with little kids, though. Absolutely. It? I live in Washington Heights neighborhood, and they block off all the streets for it and have a big, See, a big that's spectacular event. That's the way event. you do that's, it. It's a great neighborhood event, and that's it's spectacular. I saw people posting about your neighborhood on yeah. social media, how cool it was. Uh, it's it's one of the it's like the big event of the year for the Neighborhood Association and all that. And it, so many people just go absolutely all out. Like, one of the streets... Changed their whole street into like a haunted Wizard of Oz theme. Like I had a yellow brick road going through the whole thing. It was it was incredible. I wish I embraced Halloween like that. I just don't. I haven't I haven't worn a costume for like thirty years. Last costume I wore full gorilla outfit. You could bring that back. That's still that's still <laughs> that still still could work. I have a very uh, harsh memory of running down an alley in Milwaukee at about two a.m. in a full gorilla costume. For none of the right reasons. So I have, I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> there maybe, some, not for, maybe not for today. Not for today or the radio. <laughs> All right. Dan Schaefer, you heard a little bit of our conversation before uh, before you got here. Um, what do you make of this proposal to count the ballots? I, I'm all in favor. Yeah, if it's a clean proposal, absolutely. I mean, I know, you know. Nothing's clean in Wisconsin. Following the Republican-controlled Wisconsin state legislature the way that I do, I know they're going to put something in there that I'm not going to like. Yeah, they, uh, they've, they're fudging around with some of the other rules, of course, because there's a lot of, uh, anger's not the right word, there's a lot of uh, concern about some of the, the ways that, let's be let's be honest, we've, we've expanded the opportunities and, and the way we vote. I'm a fan of that as long as it's monitored. Absolutely, Closely. we should be we should be making it easier for people to access the ballot. And I, I think, think I think you know drop boxes, mail in voting. I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of all of that. And I think this this vote count thing is an important one because every time that Milwaukee's votes come through central count, you get all the conspiracy theorists out saying, "Oh, well, all of a sudden they you know." But this is just what the law says that Milwaukee has to do. And in 2020, before the election, I thought it was really interesting that you had every member of the Milwaukee Common Council. And Senator Ron Johnson, uh, how often are you going to get all of them in favor of the same issue? <laughs> that never aligns. Uh, to, to say that we should change the rules and allow, like you, like you suggested in the earlier segment, do what Florida does uh, and allow some of those early counts. Of course, Robin Voss and the state legislature, as they did in 2020, didn't pass any bills then. Uh, so we were left with the conspiracy theories and then... The domino effect takes on takes on from there. Yeah, it? I'm encouraged by the fact that there's at least three Republicans that I saw on the on the story I read uh, from Corey Hess at uh, WPR that there's at least some support there. I just don't know if they have enough initiative or spunk in the legislature to actually do something about it. But it, look, I'll, I'm going to just say it: it should be done. We should be allowing those communities, the big community. It's a constant rural versus urban. Well, mm. in such and such small little burb or small town in Wisconsin. We have no problem doing our elections. Yeah, because you have like a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by you know six hundred thousand, and then 
Tell me how it works, right? You know, it's not 600,000, but 6,000. It, it, tell me how that is going to work the same way. It doesn't. You have many more employees, many more votes to count, a lot more absentee ballots because people, oh, I don't know, prefer that way of voting, like me. There's no reason why I couldn't go and vote in person, but I like the early vote. It gives people options, you know. Yeah. You can spend the day helping other people vote if you vote early, right? Yeah, you, so, could actually, yeah. you could actually vote early and then work as an election worker, which is in dire need across the state of Wisconsin. Absolutely. So you're all in. I'm all in. All right. If it's a clean bill. Clean bill, which doesn't happen. As, we've, as I've learned from looking at congressional legislation, there's not much that's clean anymore. No. Tip for tat. No. i got to get something. Always has to be some sort of negotiation. Yes. All right. So uh, real quick, uh, before, we've got to go to break already, but um, a couple things that we're going to talk about. The race for Senate, well, Tammy's Baldwin's already in. Uh, she's all ready to go, already raising money, already out there. She's putting plans out. For Republicans, let's just tee it up before the break. What are, we, what are Republicans doing here? What do you think? I, it's, there's no, I think it's, Pretty significant that at this point there has been no major Republican to announce. There have been a couple people who announced right. neither, you know, projected to to win a primary. I think it's pretty interesting that we are at it almost. It's almost November. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. the. It's yeah, about a year, a year away. Let's just say a year, and we don't have any major Republican announcing a run yet. I I've got a, a big theory. Deal. I've got a theory, and I'll I'll. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> thank you. I'll lob it at you, my guest Dan Schaefer. The creator, the the writer of the Recombobulation Area. How do folks find out about it? You can find us at the Recombobulation Area dot news. We publish on Substack, the Recombobulation Area. You can find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer. Some of the best writing in Wisconsin. Yeah, I said it out loud on the radio. Quick break here in WTMJ now. Starting to celebrate Halloween here. My guest, Dan Schaefer, columnist, political writer. The Recombobulation Area joins us in studio every Tuesday morning, 9.30. All right, so we were talking a little bit. We teased, teed it up. Um, so Tammy Baldwin's all in for her next term, running for her next term in the U.S. Senate. Uh, for Republicans, there seems, my theory is this, there seems to be a strategy here to, if we wait, we don't have to deal with all the nonsense and all the, all the anger, all the endless investigations and questions about us. So we'll just wait till we have to, and then we'll, someone, someone will declare so we've got Hovde, we've got Meyer, businessmen. Hovde looks more like a actor on Young and the Restless to me, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to... He's got that mustache now. Yeah. I'm, oh, does he have a mustache now? Yeah, he's got that mustache. Oh, maybe he's yeah. trying to change his, his look. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously, Sheriff, former Sheriff David Clark, um, who has been very vocal about thinking about it. I would say that if he ran, he would get smoked by U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, but doesn't mean he won't run because he's not afraid of the challenge, I don't think, but he might be scared by the results. So what do you, that's my theory. They're just waiting because they don't want to deal with the noise of announcing anybody, at least some candidates. Yeah, I think that is part of it. And I think, you know, there was, a, I wrote a piece about this last week in the Recombobulation area. You can go check it out. Wisconsin Republicans don't, still don't have a serious candidate running for seri- a U.S. Senate is the name of the column. Um, and, you know, I, I I looked at the last Senate race when Democrats are running to challenge Senator Ron Johnson, and at this time in that race, you know, Tom Nelson had been running for a year. Uh, Alex Lazary, Sarah Godlewski, Mandela Barnes had all announced Alex Lazary was already getting TV ads up and things like that, and obviously unfolding very differently this time. We don't have any candidates yet to announce. I think part of it is, you know, Ron Johnson announced really late in last cycle, 
Uh, so I think maybe some Republicans are, are trying to follow the Ron Johnson model. Sure. Uh, and maybe I, th- I think it was early January that he announced uh, that that he would that he would be seeking reelection. Um, so the less per- time you put out there, Republicans would argue, less time you get beat up. Right. I think the also part of it is both of these candidates have said that they would be committing to significant dollars in self-funding too so mm-hmm. i think part of the reason you might want to announce early is you might need to fundraise you might need to you know get uh get that support built up get that war chest built up for a campaign like this meyer and Hovde have both said on the record that they would contribute at least 10 million dollars to their own campaigns Hovde, i think put it closer to 20 million dollars for for his own campaign so if you have that type of type of money that you can put in i think you know the latest reporting showed that that tammy baldwin had like seven or eight million dollars cash on hand if you can self-fund 10 to 20 million dollars you don't have to announce you know early like some other candidates who wouldn't have to uh wouldn't be able to rely on that type of self-funding would yeah you know, when, we're, when i was thinking about talking about this topic i was thinking okay so who who you know we've we've heard names thrown out there like sean duffy who used to be wisconsin congressman mm-hmm. or mike gallagher and they, they've all basically kind of said no not interested mm-hmm. and then you know somebody told me asked me the other day at a, at a restaurant what about former governor scott walker well I don't know that he wants to be a U.S. senator, but I think he said he's not interested. No, nor do I think the Wisconsin voting public would be particularly interested in yeah, Scott Walker's Senate kinda, run right now. Either. Yeah, that's kind of what have yeah. been there, done that thing. So, I mean, there's some people that argue that Scott Walker's done as an elected official at all. So, I mean, there's that reality as well. Maybe even Rebecca Clayfish. Was, she she declined to run as well. So yeah, I thought I think you know Mike Gallagher, Rebecca Clayfish, Tom Tiffany, Brian Style. A lot, all these, a lot of names are you think might you know take the next step to run for statewide office. They have all declined. So I, is that a signal that you know Tammy Baldwin's a pretty popular Democrat, pretty good candidate? She won by a double digit margin in 2018. Obviously, that was a Democratic wave year, but still, I think she has uh, she has demonstrated an ability to reach uh, rural voters in a way that other Democrats haven't. Uh, I think she has some some crossover appeal uh, for independence in a lot of ways. I thought it was really interesting. In 2018, she won the Fox Valley counties. So the Fox Valley counties, Winnebago, um, uh, Winnebago, Brown, um, and Door County uh, all went for Scott Walker and all went for Tammy Baldwin, which right. I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So what about the idea that a couple of texters are, are putting forward that maybe this is a foreshadowing of how bad, if Trump's the nominee, Everybody else gets slaughtered in this election if they're lined up with that election. I think there's an interesting quirk of the political calendar at play when it comes to Trump being the nominee, too, because the timing of the primary, it will be after the RNC next year. Yeah. So the the primary is in August. Uh, the, the presidential primary is in April, but the Senate primary in any of the congressional offices, that is in August. So you will have the July RNC yeah. likely to be Trump giving that nomination speech At here this in Milwaukee. Moment, it seems like it. Uh, and how would that impact, you know, would, would uh, a candidate require a Trump endorsement? Would that make a difference? Would, you know, there's also, there's a lot of questions kind of within that, uh, that I think would have to be answered when the time comes. In your putting together your ideas about this race, any any names that I haven't mentioned that you, you think okay that might make sense for Republicans? I've mentioned Clark and obviously the, the well known ones Meyer and and Hovde. Who, who yeah, else? I, th- I think Meyer and Hovde are going to be probably the top two candidates in this race. I don't. I, I poked around, I asked a few people. I don't think there's any other 
uh, big names coming out of the woodwork right now. Uh, you know, that could, that could of course change in a couple months. Uh, but as it stands, it looks like it would be those two. And I've seen some, you know, some commenters, uh, have, have said, I saw, you know, Mark Belling column in, in West Bend news, uh, saying that there, this could be another coming GOP civil war where some of the, you know, he, he suggested that some of the, uh, you know, Walker Clayfish people are, are working with Scott Meyer. Some of the, you know, kind of loose connection of, of, you know, MAGA people and, and uh, Tommy Thompson people and, and what have you might be working with Hovde as they did with Tim Michaels last year. So, you know, that could be indicative of, of something else happening too. We saw a difficult primary there last year for governor. The, the, you know, nonpartisan and name only race for Wisconsin Supreme Court with Daniel Kelly and Jennifer Doro. That was, that was a prickly one too. Mm, yeah. Uh, between those two. So I think there, you know, it just goes to show that there's a lot of division, uh, within the Republican Party in Wisconsin right now. Interesting that the civil war that some people talk about between liberals and conservatives might be fought within the Republican Party itself and, and what that might do. And the, the, I would point to the, the, the leader. The figurehead of that of that current party, former President Donald Trump, is the main reason. All right, Dan Schaefer, one more segment. Are the Brewers pro-developments or are they not? Hmm, to be or not to be. After this on WTMJ Now. Happy Halloween or Halloween, if you're a stickler for how the pronunciation should be on this October 31st. Listen to WTMJ Now, my guest, as always... In this half hour on Tuesdays is Dan Schaefer, political columnist, the writer of the Recombobulation Area. How do folks find out about that? You can find me at the Recombobulation Area dot news, the Recombobulation Area on Substack. You can also find me at Dan R. Schaefer on Twitter. So you um, put out this morning in exchange a transcript of a conversation between... Fill me in. Who, who, it was uh, Brewers Executive yes. Rick, Schlesinger Rick Schlesinger and, and um, uh, State Senator Calderoy yes. from last week's Senate committee meeting on the Brewers Stadium funding bill, uh, the public hearing that. Uh, and, and so I transcribed some of Schlesinger's testimony, yeah. in, which I thought was fascinating, well, especially how he starts, because uh, he, he like he was a little defensive about it was a little bit defensive. And I think, you know, kind of it, it was the first real substantive, lengthy answer that he provided on the, a topic that we have written about quite a bit at the Recombobulation Area, the idea surrounding a potential, quote-unquote, beer district or development around the stadium, not unlike what is happening with the Deer District around uh, Pfizer Forum downtown. Yeah, and the subject has always been, well, we, we like our tailgating experience, we like the lots, and I've said over and over again, there's other ways you can do things. You can certainly stack them like the Bucks do. Um, there's outlots that you could purchase if you really wanted to do that in a different way. Um, you're missing an opportunity to do what the Bucks have shown is a tremendous way to kind of re-energize an area, Deer District, obviously. So, what do you make of of his comments, of Schlesinger's comments? Yeah, I think I think they were really fascinating. It was, you know, it's, some of it were real challenges that they would face in potentially developing. I think a lot of it also was. You know, if you're if you don't want to develop the area, you're gonna. You, it's easy to find a lot of reasons not to. So whether it's an environmental stuff or if there's, you know, he's saying that there's not enough public transportation access to the ballpark, so that you know that we need to rely on on parking lots and and things like that. Well, you know, maybe we could have better public transportation in Milwaukee getting to the ballpark. Maybe we could have other things. But I think overall, you know, the what they've but the brewers have been very cool to uh cold to development around the ballpark they have budged on that ever so slightly putting this study and task force in to study what it might mean but there's really no teeth to it and so i think 
you know, they could do this study. It would last two years, and then they could turn around and say, yeah, we don't want to do anything, They've also, which I think is frustrating because I think from the city's perspective in particular, where the city relies on property tax dollars, you know, to have some have this multi-hundred million dollar investment leveraged in a way that benefits the surrounding communities should be a goal. Just the fact that get bodies out there when it's not a Brewers game and utilizing whether it's corporate parks or, you know, retail, whatever it is. You got a lot of space there that sits empty and idle for so much of the year, including the winters, where people do look for interior things to do inside buildings. Um, there's a lot of opportunity that I think they're missing. Yes, we all love the parking lots, we all love tailgating, but should that be the experience, fleet experience, and not not even look at the alternatives? Just just real quick, do you think they're are they actually open to the idea? I don't get the sense they are. I don't get the sense that they are either. From from that testimony, I think if you read it through, and he's had a, Schlesinger had a lot to say in that testimony. I think the the fi, you know the the main message that I took away from it was that this is not really something that they're interested in doing, and that's really unfortunate. And you know, you're asking for the states to help you out, and the city and county of Milwaukee. I think a little, at least forward thinking or acceptance of other ideas might be the proper approach. I think having that the the stadium look much the same as it did in 1950. In, at the end of this lease in 2050 would be a huge mistake. Yeah, you said it better than I did. Uh, Dan Schaefer, always great to talk to you. We'll do it again next Tuesday. Thanks for having me anytime. All right, thanks.